Good morning. And peace be with you. Well, I'd love to you have you look at your bulletin at your leisure and go through that. Take some special notice of the top right for 60 years of blessing. And that is going to happen in November. Um, we're going to celebrate our 60th birthday as a church. And I know of some people that are going to be coming from far away to be here. I talked to uh, Phil Kerner, and he and Heroko uh, are hoping to come. So that's a, that's, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, they're in Frisco, Texas, and every time I call him, I say, Howdy, Padna, and, and uh, he, we laugh, and, and Phil's doing great, and he sends his love to everyone here. So um, that is going to sneak up on us before we know it. We have people that are uh, uh, spending a lot of time and effort and love into creating an experience for all who attend. And if you, this is something that you'd like to participate in any big way or little way, please uh, see also on this announcement that Monday, June 7th at 11 a.m. is going to be another meeting for it. So check that out. Thank you for that. And then also, you all seen the rocks out there? And I want to bring your attention to that, but this is... Uh, uh, painted by our members, and it's kind of a fun little thing. You grab a rock, and you can keep it if you want, or you can go and hide it somewhere in plain sight that somebody might pick up this rock. And on this one, it says First Peter 2, verse 3. And you flip it over, and it says RLC Rocks on Facebook. Post a picture, then hide it again, or keep the rock. And so this is just a fun little way to make an impression out there in the community. And if this is something that you would like to do, go grab yourself a rock out of the, bas the basket out the basket. Oh, sound rather proper there, but <laughs> English is a second language. And out of the basket and, and go hide one and see how it goes. And we'll uh, monitor our website to see, or our Facebook site, to see if anyone's posted any pictures. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if anyone's Notice if anyone's posted on our Facebook site, haven't found one, but let's see if we can uh, make it happen, okay? All right, well, we've got a, a, a blessing uh, for you today uh, through God's Word as we do every Sunday, and we will pray that uh, may the words of our uh, mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. That's the same thing as saying, Lord, open our eyes. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you would have us know today in this service. That's my prayer for you this day and every day. Let's get started, Tim. This is for you, Stella. Silver moon with softer gleam 
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain 
whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, your son Jesus triumphed over the prince of demons, and he freed us from the bondage to sin. Help us to stand firm against every assault of Satan, and enable us always to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 8 through 15, which can be found in, on page 5 in your pew Bible. This is the beginning, and it's the description of the fall of mankind. It's probably the first place, and not the last place, where the phrase, it's not my fault, originated. Genesis 3, chapter, it's Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 through 15. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. 
and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The second reading is Psalm 130. It's printed in your bulletin. This is a description of believing that God loves us even when we sin. Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Hear my Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 13 through chapter 5, verse 1. And it can be found in your pew Bible on page 1798. Now Paul's letter is one of encouragement, and the people of Corinth, which is in Greece, were under Roman rule, and the Romans didn't care much for Christians, as we know. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with the 13th verse. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, from the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. 
The Holy Gospel this morning comes from St. Mark from the third chapter, found on page 1556 of your pew Bible. Mark records. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. And when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Beezebul, by the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. So Jesus called over to him, and he began to speak them to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all of their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. And then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived, standing outside. They sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. And he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. The, um, the passages that lead up to today's gospel tell how Jesus proclaimed the gospel of God throughout the region of Galilee. And during that time of proclamation, we read about Jesus and that he has driven out demons and that he has cleansed lepers and that he has healed paralytics. We hear about a few of these things because we know if all of the things that he did and said were listed, we couldn't contain it. No books in the world could contain it all. 
We know that his teaching and miracles had made him very popular. And today's gospel tells us that his popularity, it followed him. And it followed him back to his headquarters in Capernaum. And we read that when he and his disciples, they came home, that a crowd gathered again. And the crowd was so thick and they were so busy that they couldn't even eat. And most of the people who showed up at the house, they wanted something. They wanted Jesus' help in some way. But there were two other groups that we heard about this morning. And they were also concerned about Jesus. First, Jesus' family was concerned about him. And the concern they had was that he was getting overworked. And since many in his own family did not yet understand what it meant that he was the Messiah, they thought that he was having some kind of nervous breakdown, something like that. And they desperately wanted to get him out from the public eye to a quieter place where he could recover, have a little me time. Then there was another group. These were the scribes, the scribes from Jerusalem. And we know that Jesus, his popularity had drawn the attention of the religious authorities in Jerusalem. So they sent this delegation down uh, to investigate Jesus. And they quickly saw that Jesus was indeed a threat and bad for business. And so they started a campaign to embarrass him publicly. And they wanted to diminish his influence. They began saying, he is possessed by Beezabul, by the devil himself. And they would say, he is by the prince of demons casting out other demons. Today's gospel presents us with three different views, three different perspectives of Jesus. Number one, the crowds, they thought that he was the Savior, even though they did not realize or understand what that meant. Number two, his family. His family thought he was having some sort of a mental or an emotional breakdown. And number three, the scribes. The scribes from Jerusalem insisted that he was colluding with the devil. Some of you have a familiarity with the writings of C.S. Lewis. And you might recognize the three groups that were just outlined through his writings. In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote this, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. I'm ready, some people say, 
to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher. But I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing that we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He wouldn't. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil, the devil of hell. No, you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, and you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He, Jesus, has not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. Now, it seems to me, C.S. Lewis says of himself, it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend. And consequently, however, strange or terrifying or unlikely that it may seem, I have accepted the view that he was and he is God. But wait, <laughs> there is more. In addition to the three views of Jesus that we see in today's gospel, we must notice that there is a connection between the scribes and today's Old Testament reading that Ken read. When God cursed the serpent for his part in the fall, he said this, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Jesus is the seed of the woman. And the scribes are the seed of the serpent. How do we know that the scribes are the seed of the serpent? Well, it's not the only time that they are challenged by Jesus. In another time, recorded in John chapter 8, verses 42 through 45, Jesus said this, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. And I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because 
There is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Jesus himself identifies the devil as the father of the scribes. So here we see a a very subtle tactic being used for deceiving people from the scribes. The scribes who actually are in cahoots with the devil, actually are colluding with the devil, they try to embarrass Jesus by accusing him of being in league with the devil. They, they condemn Jesus when it is they themselves who are the guilty ones. Now, this problem is still around today. How often have we heard about public figures condemning people who are unfaithful to the vows of marriage? And then we learn that these people themselves were having affairs. But what about us? How often do we use this deceptive tactic when God's word challenges us? When God's word convicts us of our sin, do we repent or do we accuse God's word of being divisive? How often do we complain that we are not heard when it is we who refuse to listen? to God's word? How often do we accuse others of arrogance when it is we who want our way rather than what God's word clearly teaches? And when we are honest, when we are honest, we will confess that we have often been like the scribes in today's gospel. When God's word convicts us, we attack God's word instead of repenting of our sins. This is a sign of our sinful nature. This is a sign that we love ourselves more than we love our Father who art in heaven. And this is one more proof that we are by nature enemies of God. So, if we are such sinners, how can we be saved? It'd probably be a good time to talk about that right now. And the answer to that question begins with a promise. The promise that God included in his curse. On his curse on the serpent that Ken read today. There was gospel in there. Did you hear it? Let me point it out to you. He didn't just say, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He also promised this. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. 
And with these words, we hear the first gospel, that God has promised a seed of the woman who will crush the serpent's head, a seed who will restore the beautiful relationship that humanity had had with God in the garden at creation. And Jesus fulfilled that promise of God. Even though he is God, he also became the seed of a woman. And the serpent tempted Jesus, we know that, in every way possible. But unlike us, Jesus never sinned. And Satan finally bruised the heel of the seed by, ca by causing Jesus to be tortured and nailed to a cross. And on that cross, Jesus endured the punishment that we deserved for every single one of our sins, including our hypocrisy of condemning others for sins that we ourselves commit. When Jesus did that, he crushed the serpent's head, and he made salvation available to all people, all who should believe. And once Jesus, who was the seed of woman, accomplished all that, he rose from the dead, and he ascended to the Father. So even in today's gospel, Jesus made the promise, truly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man and whatever blasphemies they utter. He could make this promise because he knew that he would crush the serpent's head. He knew that he would triumph over sin, death, and the devil. He already knew that he would secure salvation for all people. But then Jesus went on to say this, about blasphemy. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit has, never has forgiveness, but is, is guilty of eternal sin. And the Bible tells us that God sent the Holy Spirit to do two things. To create and strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ and to deliver forgiveness of sins to us through that faith, through that faith. And blasphemy against the Holy Spirit rejects that work. The Holy Spirit attempts to give faith and forgiveness, but the blasphemer rejects those gifts. Jesus went to the cross to crush the serpent's head so that we could have this forgiveness. But the blasphemer rejects the Holy Spirit's delivery of that forgiveness. And the reason this sin cannot be forgiven is that it rejects the very forgiveness that God wants to give. Blaspheming, as some in the world have suggested, isn't saying, I blaspheme you. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Blaspheming, if, if you heard, is refusing to receive the gift. It's that simple. 
No, I don't want it. Eternal life? No, don't want it. Forgiveness of sins? No, not taking it. It's as simple and as silly as that. It's not complicated. And finally this. Jesus taught us what it means to be part of his family. He said, whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. And this is the will of God. The will of God is not that what most people think it is. And for at another time, when people asked Jesus what the work of God is, he answered this in John chapter 6, verse 29. It's really refreshing, simple, uncomplicated, doesn't even really seem like work at all. Listen. This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. And so Jesus teaches us that those who believe in him are his true family. These are the ones whose sins are forgiven and who have eternal life. Jesus taught that those who reject forgiveness also reject their salvation. But those who believe in him are part of his family and they will receive the forgiveness of sins. And those who receive the forgiveness of sins will live with him forever. May all of you who have heard this proclamation receive this faith. Receive this forgiveness. And receive this salvation. In the name of Jesus, amen. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my Lord Thou hast told.
Will you please stand? Let us confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray together for all people in accordance to their needs. Merciful God, you have sent the promised offspring to crush Satan's head forever by the death of Christ, our Savior. And as you gave comfort to Adam and Eve, receiving their meager confessions for the sake of your grace and promising deliverance from sin and its curse, So comfort us by the forgiveness of sins and give us hope in the promise of eternal life and your new creation. Lord, in your mercy, give courage to your church, O Lord, that as we believe, so we also would speak of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the confident hope that we have in him that we too will be raised and brought into his presence. Embolden us by your Spirit to confess this Christian faith from a lively conscience that for Christ's sake, grace may extend to more and more people and increase thanksgiving to your glory. Lord, in your mercy, O Lord, your Son was rejected on earth even by his friends and relatives. Give consolation to all Christians who feel the sword of division brought about by the confession of Christ's truth, especially those who cannot find agreement within their own families on the word of God, from which life itself comes. Assure them that their stand for the truth is necessary, Guard them from seeking a false or easier peace and turn us in every earthly disappointment toward the promise of your eternal and undivided church triumphant. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, no kingdom divided against itself can stand and a house divided must fall graciously preserve our nation with its government. Frustrate the work of Satan 
and the seeds of destruction that he would sow in every place where he not stayed from your gracious hand. Unite our leaders and our people for the common good while leading us to hope in the eternal kingdom that is not of this world. Lord, in your mercy, eternal Lord God, hear our prayers for your servants who suffer in this earthly tent. Do not let them lose heart, but fix their eyes beyond that which is transient to the things unseen. And by this slight momentary affliction, prepare them for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison when at last you will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Lord, in your mercy. As Satan once overcame our first parents through the eating of the tree's fruit, so overcome him now among us by the fruit of your son's cross, his body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of sins. Bless all who commune with repentance and faith, that in the comfort of the gospel that they may be cleansed and prepared for eternal life with you. Lord, in your mercy, what was lost in paradise has been regained by the conquering wounds of your Son, crucified and raised again. In him we are restored as your children, and made bold to ask for every need. Hear us for his sake, in his name, even Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace still responsibly at a distance. Not all that much longer. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord who rose beyond the bounds of death and on this day, as he had promised, poured out your spirit of life and power upon the chosen disciples. And at this, the whole earth exults in boundless joy. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, 
Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body that is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This meal is from the fruit from that tree in Christ himself, the good fruit, the fruit that saves for those who believe, that fruit given for you, that, that beautiful blood that cleanses and saves you for you. It's yours. And all you have to do is receive it. And if you're ready to do that, have a seat. The ushers will bring you forward.
feel a little bit better now than they did when they got here? Amen. (laughs) Thank you, Carol. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you should, but that sounds like commingling law and gospel, but it's there to receive. He loves you. He really, really loves you. I pray that that keeps you in peace and joy all this week. Because there may be some stuff that comes up for some of us. There will be stuff comes up. Some of it will be harder than others. Just rely on his promises. Remember that he never leaves you nor forsakes you. And receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you.
May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Support me 